Our guest today jumped in the radio business, I'm going to say about the turn of the century. And this is really important because of some of the things we're going to talk about, because we have a lot of conversation today about how, you know, people that have done radio since the 80s or since the 70s or since the 90s, they have more passionate than these newcomer folks. I think we might be able to blow a hole the size of Texas through this in the next few minutes. We'll see. He has made multiple names for himself, Look, as we will learn about this, and he has a high passion for local radio. So today's guest loves radio. Radio. That is an incredible and ideal person for us to talk to in the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Are you ready? Listen, to enjoy any of our episodes, all you really need is to be interested in others and want to grab some thoughts and wisdom about how others are being successful in radio right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you are about to hear, I'm just going to warn you, you're about to hear something that's focused entirely on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing the stories of an amazing radio pro right now, and uncovering the path forward in radio. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway. Programming consultants have made great contributions to radio for decades, but you know what? At times of change, it just feels like it's time for something new. Today, there are new needs of, uh, let's call it a busy local owner or manager of a single radio station or cluster. And those needs must be addressed because there are generational shifts that are threatening the growth of more radio revenue right now. Yep, local radio needs better content, better branding, better coaching, better on-air talent, music, research resources, but let's bump it up so you see some money. That's what this is about. Sales coaching, sales strategy, ideas that will help your sales team rope in more revenue in the coming months. Here's what we call that. RPC, our practice, is an actual multiplier helping local radio generate higher ratings and revenue to maximize higher results for your daily efforts. We make your life easier, better, faster, and more profitable. Ideas are the new technology. Whatever your vision of a consultant used to be, was, however you want to put it, we're not like that. Today, we work with our clients on branding, revenue, profit, and innovation that helps your team actually grow the value of your assets and helps you tell your story better. It's a different way of thinking and creating value. Our first consultation is free and highly confidential. Reach out anytime. Schedule a meetup by email. It's easy. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. Listen, we're about to talk to Brian Fife Pfeiffer. Middays 101.1 WIXX Green Bay and put an asterisk by that because we're going to change it all during this episode. But not change it, but change it. Oh, wait, what are we talking about? You're going to find out. See our full guest calendar all the way into, can you believe it? We're booking July 2023 right now as I speak. You can see this anytime. So you can see who's coming up on the podcast in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. 
We don't lock away anything at our site the way some other consultants do. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime. See what you can get for free from our team. Brian, welcome to the Encouragers and the Radio Rally. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, I appreciate this opportunity to talk about radio. Well, I've been excited to have you on for a while because our back and forth is is so much about not a format or not a thing, you know, about radio, but radio itself. I'm interested in your background, but I like to go way back. When you were a kid, did you have any experience with radio that kind of lit your passion for radio itself and the desire to do radio? You know, it's weird, man. I didn't realize it until I was older. Um, I didn't realize what a fan of radio I was, but I was the guy who turned up the radio when the DJ started talking. And I didn't I didn't grasp that concept until later in life because I never in a million years thought that I would work as an on-air personality at a radio station. Like that wasn't a thought process for me, but there were so many moments looking back now that kind of led to this and I never realized it until I was older. Um, like I said, I, I listened to radio a lot. I loved listening. There were a lot of great personalities in the Detroit Mark and that's kind of where I would listen when I was younger. And then I had another experience one time I got a citizens band radio and a friend of mine came over and we just pretended you're we on the radio. So we played music through it and talked like we were DJs. Might have been sixth, seventh grade at the time. Again, didn't think about radio as a career, but like all these little things happened along the way. And then somehow uh, I got lucky enough to fall into this job and become very passionate about it. Well, so it's interesting, you know, Detroit made its mark on you. Is that right? Detroit radio. Oh, yeah. Detroit radio, man. And and it's funny because now obviously I listened to the younger hipper stations when I was younger, but I also listened to oldies 104.3 because my parents were big oldies fans. And so to this day, some of my favorite music is fifties and sixties, but uh, some of my radio personality idols worked that station. And I eventually had the chance to become an intern for them. And it was, it was pretty cool. It was a great experience for me. Oh, yeah, getting behind the curtain and seeing what's up. Listen, I, I think your high passion was originally music. That's my vision anyway. Do you still love music with a high passion today? I do. I do, man. Music is, you know, I don't want to sound like the person who says, music's in my soul, man, but it really is because <laughs> it doesn't matter what your mood is, you know, if you're angry, there's great music to listen to when you're angry. If you're sad, there's great music to listen to when you're sad. If you're happy, there's great music to listen to when you're happy. I mean, every emotion, there is a song that you can find and just let that be your vibe, you know, let, let that be the thing that guides you. Right. Here's what I love about talking to you. I can almost feel the energy from you that you understand the experience that radio listeners are having, whether it's the radio itself for something that we, we haven't talked about yet, or just the music itself, just the experience that the listener has. Is that your kind of your vibe? So, yeah, I mean, so the big was what I was interested in at first, but, you know, radio for me, 
as a teenager specifically, uh, there was when I was working and I would work jobs where I was by myself, but there was somebody on the radio and they were taking callers and it just felt like you weren't alone while you were working that job. And that's what I loved about it. Like, I felt like I was still a part of some sort of party that was taking place and I didn't feel alone at work. I I was able to feel this joy while I was at work and it was just because I was hearing all this fun stuff on the air. I think if you can't hear what this episode is about and why Brian is on the, the, the encouragers, the radio rally podcast, you may not be in radio. I'm just going to say it now. Now look, you kind of, you kind of hinted to this earlier that, you know, you, you kind of had all these little moments, but you got in the business later than many of us might have done. I think that's fair to say. Did did you do radio before your education or after? So it kind of went like this. I, I went to college without an, any thought, any inkling that I was going to work in radio. I had no idea what I was going to do. And that never crossed my mind other than, like I mentioned, those little experiences. And at the time I was going to college, um, I worked a couple of different jobs. I worked at a movie theater. And I also mm-hmm. worked at a, a little season that had a drive through at the movie theater. I worked the ticket counter, which had a microphone and I spoke to people through the microphone and at the drive through, I also used the microphone to speak to people. And it's always interesting looking back now, because so many people are like, man, you have a great personality for radio because I, I didn't, I didn't just say, hi, can I take your order? You know, like I was like, hey, welcome. How's it going? I hope you're having a great day. What can I do for you? And just I was very upbeat and happy because I well, I was getting I was getting paid. And honestly, I didn't hate those jobs. I had a lot of friends at those jobs. So those service jobs were wonderful for me. But um, it's weird because, again, that was another thing. People kept saying, oh, you have a radio personality. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but thank you. Uh, and so I, I, I ended up going to college and um, I needed a single credit, just one credit to stay on my parents' insurance. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to do because I'm not a great student and I didn't want to take a hard class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to a counselor and the counselor's like, oh, I got the class for you, bud. I think you should take this radio class. I think you'll really like it. And I was like, cool, talking, I can do that. Um, not exactly like, what wait, I expected when I got there. Wait a minute. He's <laughs> like, buddy, I've got the, I've got the class. I've got the class for your grades. Yeah. Is that yeah. kind of the deal, right? It, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He just, all right. It's just right. like, man, I've got the class for you. <laughs> so let's, so let's break this down. You did study broadcasting at Macomb Community College. What did you learn there? Because I'm I've got a two stop educational stop here. Let's do this one first. What did you learn there? Sure. Okay, so let me be the first to tell you I went into this class expecting complete and utter easy ride to an A that I was not going to have to do anything other than talk, and that wasn't the case at all. As a matter of fact. Um, within a few days of being in the class, I've thought, oh boy, 
I'm going to have to withdraw from this class because I'm not going to pass it. I don't excel well at math. And um, little did I know we were going to learn about transmitters and uh, we were going to learn about some of the things that go into that. And I was not really looking forward to any of that. Uh, I was I was really scared, actually. Um, but what did happen was uh, they had an Internet radio station. And I mean, this was infancy Internet radio station. Uh, you know, like four people could log on to listen to you before you got knocked offline because that was just too many people tuning in and the the quality wasn't great but it was really cool because they put us down in front of the board the teacher his name was uh, bill henning and uh you know honestly that guy for a small amount of time that i had with this person as my instructor um yeah. had a really big impact on my career because great what had happened people... was uh... go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, isn't it great when uh, oh, people I, come along that you're not expecting? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, honestly, he kept me from um, getting kicked out of the class. And um, it's, it's to me, it's almost comical when I talk about this story. But um, there was uh, a woman in the class who is very, very rude to everybody all the time. And people were kind of getting fed up with the way she's treating people. And uh, me and a guy in the class just one day got tired of it. And we just started to kind of poke fun, you know, poke the bear, so to speak. And um, it turned into a little bit of a roast, which I kind of regret that now. But also it kind of led me in a very interesting path. Um, she reported us and we were going to be thrown out of the class because we made her uncomfortable. But our teacher, Bill Henning, um, went to the head of the department and said, listen, these guys are really funny and these guys have something special. So let me do this. Let me take these two guys, put them into the studio every day and produce a radio show. And then I'll take the tapes from their radio show and I will actually grade them on that. Meanwhile, everybody else will continue to go through the courses as it's set up. So while everybody else was doing all the things that I absolutely feared and yeah. dreaded, I got to go into a studio and put on a show every day. And I started to learn what show prepping was. And I started to learn what, you know, it was like to, to stylize your personality for what you wanted to sound like on air. And um, the guy that I did it with, um, he, he, he became my best friend and, Oddly enough, my first full-time radio show was a morning show with him. Um, but that's a little bit later down. So, so we all right, did all right. This. So, listen, we, we you got a, you yeah. got a lot going on here, and you got the express yeah. lane into the radio business, really. Um, you, but but yeah. look, I don't think people understand yet. You also studied radio and television arts at Spex Howard School of Media Arts. Am I getting that right? Yes, it's uh, Spex Howard School of Broadcast. Yep, you've got it. How did um, that happen? And that's what, what happened. did you learn? I, so I I learned a I uh, learned the first intro steps at Macomb to to doing a radio show, and then after one year, I decided to drop out of college and go to Spex Howard, which happened to be a very large broadcast school that was right by where I lived. It wasn't far; it was like a twenty minute drive, and. Um, 
prior to doing that, I had sent out a bunch of emails because I caught the bug at community college. I caught the bug. Everybody talks about that bug for radio. I caught it and I loved it. I was so excited to work it. So I started sending out emails to different radio people throughout the market. A few of them responded. A couple said, hey, man, if you get into this business, go big or go home. Another guy told me the opposite and said, hey, work your way up. Small market, mom and pop, take it slow. Um, But one person reached out to me and asked me to become an intern, and that was Tom Ryan at Oldies 104.3. Started my internship with him right around the same time that I started at Specs Howard School of Broadcasting. And wait a minute. Wait a minute. He couldn't have known that you listened to that radio station with your parents when he asked uh, you. No, no, it's just – I. Yeah, I just I reached out and I think I explained clearly to him how much I loved radio and I really wanted to consider it as a career and that I was going to go to broadcast school. And he he was so awesome. He first he invited me to job shadow just for one day. And then at the end of it, um, he said to me, hey, you're going to do the weather now. And uh, handed me a sheet of paper, and I'll never forget this. Um, I, I read it as partly cloudly and um, stumbled my way through it, got off the air, and he said, well, about 400,000 people just heard you say cloudly. Do you want to become my intern? <laughs> and, and I did. I became his intern. And I explained oh. to him my parents my parents loved him and, and loved that station and, I, and how much I listened uh, during that job shadow. So I think he knew that I was super into radio at that point. That's really great. Listen, before we go further, Lord, I'm going to try mm-hmm. to handle this well. I'm probably going to mishandle it. I'm going to do my best. Let's talk about younger people and our business. Uh, now, look, you probably hear this talk too. People talking about how do we recruit younger sellers? How do we do this? How do we do that? What do you think radio should do to recruit younger sellers and younger on-air talent? Or should radio do that? I believe wholeheartedly that radio can continue to thrive. A couple of mm-hmm. things have to change. Mentality has to change from the top. And when I say this, I am talking about I had to have mentality changed. When I started on a pop station and I wanted to do a show that had adults calling in and I would get kids calling in. I remember when I started, I was like, oh, my God, this is so annoying. I don't want children calling me. So I was a complete jerk and didn't take the time to talk to these kids. And then it hit me one day. These kids are future listeners as adults, and I'd better learn to treat them better. And I know a lot of radio people over time have told me the same thing. They hate when kids call their show. And I changed how I thought about that, and I started to treat the kids differently. And then I started to become the guy who, um, at this station, I, you know, when, when kids were in for tours, I brought them into the studio. I put on the air. I recorded them. I wanted to show them how cool radio was and how neat it was by scenes. So like I had my own personality flip and I think a lot of different people out there might need it. Um, We have to treat younger people better than we have and not just be annoyed or eye roll when the kid calls your phone, because that kid calling your phone 
is the same kid who's super excited about radio, who's super excited that, oh my God, I might get on the air. And then I can tell all my friends I got on the air. And then all my friends might call. Like it, it really is a chain reaction in my opinion. But I, I think right. it starts with treating the younger audience better so that we can contain them and ask them to stay with us and keep on this ride of radio. And then the other thing is, and I think a lot of radio people agree with me, people are not as stupid. I, that's a bad way to say it. Gullible. No, said, no I think They're it's not fine. Gullible. Yes. They, they right. can smell. Am I allowed to swear? Can I swear? Absolutely. Let me just. All right. I, well, I, they can smell bullshit. And I think that I think that that's something that changed for me as well. I used to do bits that, you know, were completely faked. And I thought, oh, man, people know that, that this is real and that this really happened. And I think over time realized that people's bullshit meter has gotten so good that we can't fake a lot of that stuff anymore. Like, we've got to mm. be real with the audience and connect with the audience, especially the younger audience. They just don't, they don't have the time for that, man. They just, you know, I think everybody wants to feel something and they want to be able to express themselves in some way. But I think that you're just throwing bullshit out there. They're not going to want to express it or be a part of it with you. And again, I think that's how you keep that younger audience interested. As far as getting younger salespeople interested, um, I think that's a whole a ball game because I think that that ties into management specifically. Management has to understand that these younger people that are getting into the business are struggling and they're right. going to need some help. You can't just drop a list in front of them and say, Start calling and hopefully you'll sell something so that you might be able to buy some ramen noodles for dinner. Like there's got to be some training and and there's got to be some like uh, the one thing I see with younger salespeople who are they're not prepared for the amount of no, 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 no over and over and over again. So they get this instant defeat mode and if they're not prepared properly for that with cold calls specifically you know how are they going to stay motivated and passionate to sell radio there has to be like way better introduction to you know the whole thing for a sales rep when they're coming in they've got to understand a lot of different avenues about the selling but you know, I just think when you get a young person in there and they just get beaten down over and over again by potential clients who are telling them no without anybody guiding them, then they're going to be like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do something else. I don't want to sell radio anymore. And, and mm -hmm. they'll get it in their head that nobody listens to radio because the client doesn't want to advertise. Well, and because radio buys into the skies falling too much instead of focusing on the, what we know is true, which is that radio works, <laughs> you know. It's what it comes center. down to is community, man. Yes. Yes. You know local. what? If you're not out in your community, if you're not, yes. Yes. If you're local, if, I mean, whoa, whoa, if you're whoa. not there in the community, you're done. How about this? If you're not present, why do you expect them to show up with advertising? If you're not present, why? What makes you yep. so special, right? All right. So listen, do you have a mentor in this business or one in your personal life? If so, can you share how that person may have changed your life 
for the positive? Uh, for radio, I had a lot of people that I looked up to that mm -hmm. I really, really loved listening to. And, and um, you know, I've had brief conversations with a lot of them. And, and I, I don't know if I consider them mentors, but the, they definitely made me love this business and made me want to get into it. Tom Ryan, the guy that took me in as his intern, uh, he is 100% one of my radio mentors. There's no question about it. That guy, he, he had such a love and passion for radio. And I think, you know, to the point where it, it rubbed off on me and made me more passionate about radio. And to accept me in after just an email and then letting me sit on your show and, and, and making me an intern to your show where I was, you know, working all morning, coming in for my internship, smelling like a meat market because I was stocking trucks at a meat market at the time and then leaving there to go to school. Uh, you know, he, he was just awesome. And he always was either telling me how to do this and that, or, you know, um, encouraging me oh if you get you know 50 rejections before that interview don't let it get to you don't let it to you that's just the business and not everybody's going to respond to you which if i'm just going to throw it out there program director your brand manager and you're looking for somebody to come and work for you take the time to send a rejection email or a rejection letter at least take the time to do that we're in communications can we please communicate it's just um, the right thing to do he, isn't he, it yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he, you know, he's part of the reason that I think that way. You know, he he warned me that that wasn't the case anymore, that it used to be and that it still should be, but it's not the case anymore. So Tom Ryan, 100 um, percent. My uh, my time in northern Michigan, when I landed there around 04, mm -hmm. um we had an engineer there, and uh, his name is Dell Reynolds, and he is definitely one of my mentors. Dell, um, the first time Dell met me, I, I, I was a pretty young kid, and I had a bad mouth, so I, every other word was F this and F that, and uh, I'll never forget our first interact together. He said, uh, do you say anything other than the F word? And I literally responded to him, fuck no, and I walked away. Um, oh, my. Little did I know what an I know, right? What a shitty kid I was. Um, but yeah, little did I know the impact he was going to have me uh, in a professional uh, setting. And and then eventually, you know, I found out he was the former owner of the stations who sold them and then stayed oh. on as the engineer. And then eventually he bought back the stations because he didn't like the way they were headed. And he became my direct boss and owner for a couple of years as well. Uh, he since then sold them again, um, but he's just, you know, everything that that guy did for radio. I mean, he he was the other person who's the epitome of passion. He built a radio station out of his attic when he was 13 years old. I mean, <laughs> he his passion, too, also rubbed off on me, his love of radio. So I would say that right. those two guys, Del Reynolds, Tom Ryan, those are my mentors for sure in the business. All right, so if you're listening to us and you're listening to Brian talk about passion for radio, I want you to catch, if you will, how a younger person 
gets in the stream of what's going on and sees people who ignite this passion in the younger person. That's really incredible. Unfortunately, no good deed goes unpunished, Brian. I'm going to go back to the sales department with you. Our, our business has changed a lot, but one of the things that remains kind of fish or foul is, of course, programming's over here, sales is over here. Advertising is our business, and uh, I'd like to know, in your most recent experience, how involved have you been in helping the sales department where you work? You know, I feel like I've been very lucky um, in my whole career to have worked for the companies I have because in those companies, yeah, sales is sales and programming is programming, but there has always been, um, there's always been some form of get together where we all try to get on the same page and we try not to let the sales dictate programming. However, you know, there's got to be give on both sides of, of the sales and the programming. There's got to be some give, there's got to be get, and it is a tough road sometimes because you will get people who are, you know, not interested in the sales side of things. And there are going to be people who are not interested in the programming side, just want to get the money. And guess what? In the end of the day, that money is what keeps us all employed. So we better find a way to work together because right. it's important. And I think as long as both sides in a building understand that the other is very important, you should be able to find that middle ground and work together for the betterment of the company. It's not a competition between sales and programming. We're supposed to be teammates and, um, when you're fighting for the ear of the market manager, sometimes I think people might let that be the thing that you know becomes a competition, and, and it shouldn't. It should be a, hey, how can we approach this? And everybody walks away happy. We're looking for the winner, right? So listen, tell us about your time at 101 WIXX in Green Bay. And God, I just want to ask so many Green Bay questions, but I'm just going to stop there and say, tell us about that radio station. Tell us about your time there. I think the coolest thing about this radio station, um, buy the local 24-7. Weekends, yeah. holidays, we have a live and local body in the studio, no matter what. That, to me, is amazing because we're in an industry now where there's a lot of voice tracking or there's just a lot of automation without any voices at all. And I, I understand the necessity and I get the need voice tracking and i get the need for um you know trying to make it work with a budget especially smaller markets and and i get it and i won't fault anybody who uses it my only hope is if they are using it that they're asking those voice uh tracking uh folks to be as local as they can be and as entertaining as they can be to actually provide content and not just do that was this is but um with WIXX, you know, to find that out, I was like, wow, that's crazy. You don't hear that anymore. Um, but when I got there, I was welcomed in. Um, they have an amazing staff. They have great management there. Uh, ownership, phenomenal uh, from the top down. And it just felt like a family vibe right away. Mm -hmm. And again, um, 
had no, <laughs> I had no, uh, I had no experience with pop stations at all, like zero. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I had been on a country station, a voice tracker for a short time, and I had been on rock stations, and that's it. So they really did give me a shot because I know the demo that I sent, I can tell you right now, half the breaks were so inappropriate for that station that I shouldn't have got that. In fact, I didn't even send that demo for the job on WIX. Well, wait a I minute. sent it uh, hoping wait to a minute. get it in. <laughs> right, but, but, but wait, someone heard you and heard something but it's not just that somebody at 101 WIXX heard you and said, we can do something with this, but they helped you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So I, I originally sent it to the vice president of programming, and I just sent it uh, thinking, okay, well, they've got, you know, they've got 70 plus stations. They're a, they're a family owned group that's growing. And right. I thought to myself, they've, you know, they've got to have something. So I sent this demo because I knew they had a couple of rock stations and I figured, well, I've been doing rock all this time. I might as well just send this over, you know, maybe something will open on one of their rock stations. And um, that didn't happen. Uh, I got a respond email from the vice president of programming, another uh, great person and, and uh, positive influence in my radio career. And he said, hey, uh, we have an opening on 101.1 WIXX, our biggest station uh green bay uh pop station um i think you might be a good fit and i i remember saying to my wife i don't i don't understand how i'm good fit like like <laughs> i sent this rock demo and it was very blue humor and it was very at that time i had been living in this world of i i i had to be a shock rock, you know well you I, could it, only it, use the f no, right, everything right. you yeah. everything you and did had the F word in it. It did. Uh, not usually on the air. Uh, outside right. of it, it, it was just a weird thing. I I remember feeling really weird about it, but I remember feeling really good about it after my first chat with them over the phone, and then they brought me in to interview, and I got to talk to everybody, and and they were pretty open about it. They're like, "Look, you're going to have to learn." who your audience is and we're going to have to work with you on the timing. Cause I came from mornings and so I was doing three to six minute breaks at that time. And of course, when you do pop, you, you keep it moving. And, um, they worked really, really great with me, uh, after getting there. And, now, Brian, um, can you name the person? Yeah, I mean, can I, you, can you name the person? Can you say this person worked with me? They really changed my life. Honestly, there was a, there was a whole 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 bunch of people. Jeff McCarthy is the vice president of programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey Carter is the program director who worked with me on a weekly basis. Uh, Jason Hillary, um, who does uh, operations in the building. Um, you had uh, Otis Day, who um, was doing middays at the time. He he was listening and giving me pointers on my air checks. There was a lot of people in that building that were willing to listen to my show every day and give me pointers and it was never oh you, you suck why did you do this it was hey that was really good but what if we got from here to here just a little bit faster by cutting this and then i would go oh yeah no that makes a lot of sense i really didn't need to say that and so it was a lot of different people that were very hands-on in, in the company because ixx is I, I don't know how to explain it other than this station is bigger 
than one person. And so everybody mm. there is a protector of the brand and a protector Listen. of what we do on the air. Listen, you really got a great opportunity. I mean, I heard it in the words that he said to you. It's our big station here. They took you right to the top and went, we think you work here. It's a kind of interesting. Yeah. So listen, let me ask you this. How much does 101 WIXX engage in digital marketing? Are you a big believer in digital for local radio? Absolutely. Why not? This is a, a great avenue to generate dollars for the station that we did not have in the years prior. And, you know, there's a lot of wonderful tools available uh, through the digital side to really help engage an audience, whether it's for a client or whether it's for helping your radio station to have a little bit a uh, better advantage by geofencing your competitors. So anytime somebody goes into their building, the ads they start to get on their phone are for your radio station. Hey, I mean, people don't do that, do they, Brian? Oh no, never. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not in the radio <laughs> business. Right. Never. No, no. All right. No. So, uh, but so listen. How so much has tools. your job? How much is your job? Meaning your actual duties. How much has your job changed across the past two decades? You know, um, quite a bit. Uh, I, it's uh, The on-air part has always been the biggest part. Um, in the last few years, I have really started to dive into a lot more of the social media side of things because um, it was put to me in a way that I'll never forget, and that's that I will be able to connect with my audience not only when I'm on the air, but when I'm off the air. But the cool part about digital is all of that stays online. And you could do a video and then nothing happens. But for some weird reason, six months later, that video gains weird traction. And now your face on a video from six months ago starts to go, um, you know, top of mind for people who listen to the station because other people are interacting with it. Now they're seeing it. So it's, it's cool because, you know, you get to be in people's lives, not only on the air, but on social. And then sometimes some of those social posts come back around uh, a few years later, granted uh, back in my rock days, there's a few that I go back and delete because I don't want those to come back around <laughs> on me. Uh yeah. So, so stuff it, back you know, there, it's right? a double-edged sword if you're not careful with the content you're putting up. It is a double-edged sword. You got to be very cautious about how you approach it. All right. So but now it's a I get cool to, ask... to me, it's all encompassing. Yeah. So now now I get to ask you something really sweet. I know that people know this, but but like you know, we're all busy and everybody gets busy in this industry, so we're going to treat it like it's brand new, like we're unveiling it right now. Where are you going? Because right now you're talking to us from a situation where you're doing something that you and I both dislike a lot, which is packing and moving. There's a new job. Can you give us the 411? Yep. And what is making this happen? What What has happened? So my new I mean, job look, you, is essentially my... You love where you are, right? So I'm not, there's no, I, I got to leave this joint. You, There's something else happening. Okay. So let me kind of explain what's going on in my life. Okay. Um, 
my wife and I have been living in Green Bay for seven years, and we we both love here. And we, God, I love my station. I cannot speak highly enough about the station. In fact, I'm constantly posting for people to apply for the job because I believe station so much. Um, but we have family, and we've been 12 hours away from family. And the last two years have been very tough for our families and for ourselves. And there was, uh, you know, just a plethora of things that went on that started to make us, you know what, we need to be, we need to be closer to our family again. And, um, I have a really, uh, interesting position that I'm in because, I came here from Traverse City, Michigan, after being mm-hmm. on their stations from 2004 to 2015. And when I left, they asked me to stay on as their morning show host and do my show remotely, which I've done the last seven years. And over the course oh. of those years, they've come back and approached me multiple times to see if I wanted to come back and be live and um, again, I love the station so much here that just, I was like, do I, do I want to up and move again? But now that the family thing has started for my wife and I, where we want to be closer to family, we decided to take them up on their latest offer and, and so headed back to the same stations that I left. And, uh, it, it's kind of cool because, um, technically I've been on that station for 19 years, nonstop in one capacity or another. Interesting. So, so look, this is what's really interesting. You know, COVID changed people in a lot of different ways and there's just no getting around it. It it, it changed a lot of things, but here we are with you on the encouragers, the radio rally podcast. And I get to ask this question. If you were giving advice to someone who wants to follow your footsteps, somebody who is passionate about radio, who wants to make a difference, who wants to attach themselves in a, in a way, it's almost like, you know, we're almost doing a recruitment for one of the companies that you work for. What do you think you would like to share with them the most right now? Be flexible, but don't be breakable. Hmm. You That's need to be advice. you no matter what you have to be you no matter what. And, And when your boss asks you to do something, you need to be flexible enough to do it, but without losing yourself in that process, because you are the most important thing to your brand and your brand is what's elevating the radio station's brand and people can smell bullshit. So if you are faking who you are on the air, if you are not being real and authentic, they're going to eventually notice. And that's why I say be flexible, but don't be breakable. Don't let them tell you you can't be you. Explain why you need to be you and what you can do to work with them. That's my biggest advice that I will give anybody in this business. My other piece of advice that I will give is find other passionate people and surround yourself with them. Because that's where the ideas are going to come from. That is where the excitement is going to come from. I love everybody who works in this industry, but there are some people in this industry who are angry, who are 
on their way out who don't love the business they used to for whatever reason. And they are completely entitled to feel that way. But my issue with them feeling that way is if they are spreading those feelings on a young green person who is just trying to find themselves and their voice in this business. Because if you are surrounded by toxicity, then all of the sudden this toxicity is inside you. And then you start to become a little bit toxic. And that's why I say find the creative people and the positive people and surround yourself with them. That is yeah. going to be the difference maker on whether you love your career or you are just doing the motions to get through it. You are just crushing, crushing it. Being on this podcast called The Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, because you are laying down what I think is maybe the best advice that you can get. I don't care what your position is in this business. And look, Brian, I deal with it a lot, right? Because I put out a lot of content that's focused on radio, whether it's my consulting practice or it's some of the things that I do to try to encourage people. And sometimes I get what I call the boo birds, which are the people that are are what you're talking about, the angry people. And, and I'm like you, I, I feel for them, but I always tell them I can't do that. I'm part of the tribe that says radio is great. Let's go. Let's go forward. Let's do the positive thing. And I can tell you're like that too. Absolutely. And I don't, you know, I don't fault anybody for having, you know, a specific feeling about an industry. I would be lying to you if I said that there weren't times where I was at my lowest of lows and thinking, you know what? Maybe I'm not radio anymore. Maybe I'm not that guy. But, you know, it's funny. It just takes um, it just takes one really positive, magical, engaging moment to bring me right back. And I'm so lucky to be able to bounce back that when I'm having a down period in in my mind. You know, sometimes your biggest enemy is your own self. And uh, I've been very lucky to bounce back where there's a lot of people who just it's happened so much, you know, and, and with the firings, the mass layoffs, I get why people feel that they do. I just, I'm pleading if anybody is listening to this and they know that they're that person, that they don't push that on the young people that are getting into this business. I'm so lucky right now at IXX. I have been able to work with some amazing young talent that are just coming in. One of them, she was fantastic because um, I didn't really have anybody to run my show from the road. And I like to do road shows. I love to do my full show out at an event or whatever. And I didn't have anybody to, to run my show who understood it. But this uh, young girl who was just doing part-time for us, she went into the studio one day, walked me. And then the next time I went out, she ran my show and it was so crazy. It was to the point where I would take calls. We wouldn't do them live, but I would take calls she would edit the calls exactly how I would have edited them. And she just nailed it. Now she's working for Bobby Bones in Nashville. And Mm -hmm. uh, we got another kid here, Andrew. He's phenomenal on the air. He's young. He's 22 years old. God, I hope his spirit never gets broken because he is the future of radio. There are so many young people out there in this industry. And 
I don't know if everybody realizes it, but they are there. And I just, I'm begging anybody who is not thrilled with this industry to not just shovel that shit onto them. Maybe encourage them and say, look, my experiences may not have great, but yours can be. Right. Now, look, what you're talking about is like, you know, I don't want to talk in platitudes or anything, but people say this all the time. They say attitude is altitude. That's what you're saying here. If you can channel your attitude, think about the girl who ended up working for Bobby Bones. Why did that happen? It happened because she didn't say to herself, I can't get in there and do this. I can't do that. She said, stand aside. I'm coming, right? Yep, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, this this industry is, is still radio is the forefront and the most important, but I think we all agree that we're at a point now where we need to be all encompassing with social media we need to be doing video we need to be coming up with creative aspects to tie into it because the world is now in a world where they're staring at their phones all the time well, we, I look, mean, we need to be what you, you go to a restaurant listen, listen we need to be what you said earlier you said this about community you said be in the community which i translated to be present guess what if the community is online guess where you gotta be you gotta be present yep all yep. right and, so uh, look Here's how this works. You come on, we ask you all these sweet questions. I think we've done a good job. But now we ask the mean question, the hard question. I always like to ask. And I say, okay. I, let people, I let people off the hook. I say, look, this is no harm, no foul. But no one knows the future. What do you think the future of radio looks like? And what would you like to see the radio uh, radio's future look like? My idea of radio today is not the idea of radio in the future. Therefore, I should not be stifling the creativity of the future of radio. Does that make sense? I shouldn't yes. be saying, no, no, that's not how we do it. That's not how we do it. You can't do radio like that because it's, it's not what's been done for the last 20 years. How dare you think outside of the box? Um, there shouldn't be a box. Get rid of the damn box. Let's stop it. You know, I understand that there are tactics and I understand that there are certain things that you need to do to try and keep your audience engaged, especially in, you know, PPM markets and things like that. But also, if we're not allowing people to build that connection with their audience because we see that X amount of people tuned out and they turned on their microphone, they're never going to be able to keep the audience listening because they haven't had a chance to really engage them and really make the audience a fan. Um, so it, I would say that uh, the future of radio is going to be different for everybody, but I just want to point out that the old guard should not be constantly fighting the new guard who's trying to do different things and you know i i see from a lot of guys that are older than me and it always bugs me um they'll say oh yeah you know the 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 young people today on the air uh when yeah, they're they're just clowns they don't i mean they don't even have a voice for radio i know i don't have a voice for radio i do not have your normal deep powerful voice 
that everybody uh, else has, but I have a voice. But Brian. Use it, entertain. and Yeah. yeah. Brian, guess what? It may not be about that, right? It may yeah. not be about uh-huh. that big voice. Yeah. I th- All right. I think so it comes listen- down to if you can engage and connect with your audience. That's it. Brian, I want to thank you for being our guest today. You've been nothing short of incredible. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I really, it's great to be able to talk and, and uh, you know, hopefully inspire some people to keep loving this business and maybe inspire some people who don't love it as much to say, hey, there's still a chance for you to find your happiness in this business. Um, I, I, I hope I hope that it rubbed off uh, the right way on people today. You know, I, I hope it can make an impact on people. 100%. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers with our encouraging sales success series inside the free blog at rainmakerpathway.com anytime. We're here to encourage radio pros at all levels. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, it's easy. Email me directly, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. Like we always like to say at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you need to know what I mean by that, please don't hesitate. Call me, reach out. I love talking about that. We want to thank our special guest for this podcast episode, Brian Pfeiffer, who, by the way, has a bunch of different names, such as Cartman in the morning. And uh, he is he he just is incredible. I don't need to say that. If you've heard this interview, you know what this is like. So we want to thank him for being our patient and giving guests for this episode. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available in minutes or sooner. He's so good at doing this. And we want to say thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio. Subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. And please, if you don't remember anything else from this episode, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. Now go have a great week.